get a lot of questions about supplements from listeners. And our past episodes, ashwagandha, magnesium, I know there's OCBD, all have done really well. Like, people are always interested in knowing what vitamin and mineral supplements they should be taking herbal herbal, that they should be taking for better health and in our world for better mental wellness yeah but there is a key nutrient that we could be doing a lot better job we really ever look at we we totally do protein yep it's so basic it's easy to forget about Exactly. And we're not talking about just for overall health. We're also talking specifically about for how important it is for mental health. Yeah. And here's why. Protein, you often hear amino acids are the building blocks of protein. That's um, it's true. Yeah. Super nerdy, but it's true. I tell my students when I teach it to think of the little amino acids as like beads on a necklace. And you're putting, you know, you're lining them up to create a protein. Yeah. Um, but those proteins produce some key neurotransmitters that are necessary for brain communication. Yeah. So you really don't want to have a lack of particularly some amino acids. Um, so it's key to, to get your protein in and get good quality protein. There's also some research that shows that upping your protein intake may lower your risk for developing depression. And, you know, I've read some other stuff that kind of suggests the the relationship between adequate, you know, protein intake and lower risk for certain aspects of mental wellness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and actually we, as we were prepping for this episode, we didn't, we weren't planning on this, but our our expert today talks a lot about whey protein, and we found this study about how it was done in rats, but still about how whey protein supplements protect your brain potentially from, you know, age-related cognitive decline, mm-hmm. which is not super specific to mental health, but generally, as you were saying, like really important for brain health. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. So... Well, Let's, um, before we bring on our guest, let me read his bio because he's a pretty impressive dude and and he's also a friend. Um, Dr. Chris Moore is an internationally recognized subject matter expert and speaker around nutrition and well-being. He has worked closely with some of the largest food companies and corporations, including Deloitte, Delta Airlines, Johnson & Johnson, and more, all to help navigate that intersection of science and application among consumers. His expertise has had him present at the White House and CIA in over 10 countries globally and in most of the 50 states in the U.S. Chris has also appeared on a variety of TV shows and contributed to USA Today and the Wall Street Journal, among others. He is an above-average pizza maker with waning professional chef aspirations. If you follow him on Instagram, you will see he really does love baking pizza at home. Anyway, let's bring him on. The last time I was with you, Chris, we were in Napa drinking wine, eating oysters, learning about the amazing benefits of peanuts. And now I'm staring at you on a Zoom screen and we're gonna talk about protein today. 
equally, well, maybe not equally as fun, but still an important topic. Very important topic. Very important topic. I think it's kind of funny that we've been good friends. So Chris and I realized recently we've been friends for a decade. Mm-hmm. And somehow we've never had him on the podcast. In fact, we, tr- we tried to get him on the podcast last year and he punted and was like, nope, I, I, I have somebody different for you for this topic. And I was like, dude, what? Anyway. At least I, I didn't just not show up at least, uh, but I do feel a little slighted. It's been, you know, however many years and I've never been on here. It's true. I'm just saying. It's true. Your other friends with podcasts have had you on already. Yeah. It's true. Well, we're glad to have you today. Yes. It's good to be here with both of you. So we have all sorts of questions about protein, but we're going to get super specific and talk about protein powder today. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. One of my favorite topics in the world. And as a uh, regular, probably, I guess, smoothie connoisseur, I'll call myself, because it's probably been, I guess, about 30 years I've been making smoothies of some sort with various concoctions or protein powders and other sorts of things. So um, I, I guess maybe not even from an expertise standpoint, just from a... 30 year standpoint or so I guess I could talk smoothies and protein powder yeah so you've been blending up smoothies since you came out of the womb exactly that's exactly <laughs> right <Barley. laughs> well maybe 30 years was an exaggeration but pretty close okay got it got it well let's just <laughs> jump on in there so I go to the protein powder section mm-hmm. I'm a dietitian and it's overwhelming so what are are what are the different protein powders out there or, or could you categorize them or is it just kind of, you know, well, a variety? Yeah, yeah, no, it is, it is absolutely overwhelming to your point. Um, do you want a dairy based protein? And then there's options for that. Do you not want an animal based protein? So then there's options for that. Do you want a single ingredient? Do you want a blend of different proteins? Um, and there's so many different options when you look at the, when you go to the, I'll st- I don't even want to say supplement store, but you go to the grocery store and they even have them in there. So I think there are some general categories if you want to, to kind of narrow it down to that. And one, I mean, there are animal-based protein options, whether it's whey protein, we'll talk more specifics, casein protein, um, and then you can get all the way into like beef protein, chicken protein, et cetera, collagen. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, there's all sorts of plant-based proteins from pea and hemp. Um, and then pumpkin seed is a, is a fairly new one. Um, chickpea uh, protein is a new one as well. So there are lots of different options out there, and it really depends on, on a variety of factors. One, what are you looking for? Two, maybe most important is, do you like the taste? Um, and then three, there's other specifics around protein that we can discuss as well to see, you know, if you're going to use one, you want to make the best one for you that you'll actually consume. Got it. Yeah. And and when you're talking about those different plant-based proteins, those, I'm assuming you mean like what you can buy just as like a protein powder, not like those are available as protein powders because I know they're also ava- like they're also added to food products. Right. Yeah. Great clarification. So both, to be honest. So I know we're talking protein powders and specifically in, in that category, there's of course powdered versions of so many different animal, ba- or excuse me, uh, uh, plant-based proteins, like I said, hemp and pumpkin seed and pea protein and, you know, a variety of other ingredients as well. 
And if they combine enough of them, then you get a decent source of protein, a different quality, pro decent quality protein as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, that actually kind of makes me think. So explain to listeners, um, explain to listeners the value of looking for a combination of plant proteins. Yeah. So if that's your interest and you're looking for, for kind of that general theme of plant proteins, the reason they combine so many different types of plant protein is really to make sure you get a, a variety of amino acids. Now, amino acids make up protein, and to get that complete amino acid, usually you need a variety of plant protein sources. Um, so that's one of the, the reasons that manufacturers might mix a variety of ingredients together. Um, there's also one key amino acid that a lot of research has looked at right now for something called protein synthesis, which is ultimately necessary if you're looking to build or maintain muscle mass. And that ingredient, that amino acid is leucine. Now, why is that important? Well, maybe some plant proteins may be more limited in that particular mm -hmm. amino acid. But again, if you combine different forms of plant protein, you can boost that number up a little bit higher and get an equally qual high quality protein source. Right. And just and to remind listeners, like there are some essential amino acids, meaning that our body doesn't make them. We have to get them through what we eat. Um, and so, as you were saying, Chris, this combination helps you get that variety of those essential amino acids, in addition to other amino acids that maybe aren't essential, but nevertheless are in there, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then also from a flavor standpoint, um, it's probably there, there's some component of that, I would guess. Um, because some of the plant proteins in particular can be a little grittier, maybe just have a different flavor profile than some people may enjoy. Yeah, for sure. So what's better, a plant-based protein powder or one that's animal-based or a well, mix? Yeah, the question is a tough one. I would say, you know, if it doesn't matter to you, if like, for example, if you're not a vegetarian, following a vegetarian diet and you're just concerned as or wondering as a consumer, what should I choose? I would say that the most data are is around whey protein. And whey protein specifically is a animal-based protein. It comes from dairy. Um, it's a byproduct in the dairy industry um, that's now produced as a protein powder. And, and why do I give that answer if it doesn't matter to you if you're eating animal-based or not? Because whey protein is naturally high in that amino acid I mentioned, which is leucine. And again, the key, the, the, the research shows that that amino acid is key when you're looking to maintain and build muscle mass because it helps increase something called protein synthesis. So it also is, it doesn't have a, like in terms of a flavor profile, it's smooth, it blends easily. Um, so it's, it's a very convenient source of protein. Again, if you're comparing, it doesn't matter which you have, vegetarian or not. From that perspective, it's a great, easy, convenient, and very rapidly absorbed protein powder. Yeah. And so um, I think the thing that I find so interesting about whey is like from an environmental standpoint, it's a great use of something that the food industry doesn't use. So the, the whey is, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's um, like that the liquid that you see at the top of the yogurt when you open the yogurt um, or like in the cheese making process, they like add the, um, 
Is it the rennet? They add whatever. They mm-hmm. add the the microbes to the milk to get the cheese to curd or to get the curdles or curds in there, and then they drain off the water, and that's the way. So it right. is. Right. So then, cool. then dry it out, and it becomes that's the whey protein. Yeah. Yeah. So like I just always think from like a sustainability standpoint, yeah. it's a neat use. Yeah, absolutely. Because that before it became a thing, um, so however many decades ago, um, it was actually used, used as a fertilizer in fields because um, it was this, like you said, it was just this extra ingredient that would would have otherwise gone to waste. Um, so it's a great use of the complete kind of the complete package. Um, otherwise, it may not be it may be wasted. It may be used as a fertilizer, but seems to be a great, uh, almost a fertilizer for, for humans, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Now, what if somebody has a dairy um, intolerance or a dairy allergy? I'm assuming they can't use whey or casein, or or is it okay? Yeah, no, um, potentially. So it really depends on what the intolerance comes from. So if it's a right. lactose intolerance, which um, to my knowledge is, is probably the most common intolerance from dairy, um, there's different types of whey protein. So I hate to confuse the issue, but there's something called whey protein isolate. And as the name implies, it is an isolated form of whey protein. So it has, it's almost 100% protein and there's very, very little lactose at all because mm, it's isolated out yeah. essentially. Yeah. There's another form of whey protein called whey protein concentrate. And that still is mostly protein. Um, last I saw, it's typically about 90% of that is protein, and that still does leave some room for things like lactose, for example, and other ingredients as well. Um, so if someone has a dairy, dairy intolerance, it really depends on what that intolerance is from. Um, so they, they may be able to use a, a whey protein isolate. It's important to read uh, labels, though, because many products are, are, are a combination Whey protein isolate is a little bit more expensive. Um, so you can certainly buy as a single ingredient, um, as a sole source of protein, I should say, in those powders. But some protein powders may have a little bit of whey isolate, may have a little bit of whey concentrate. So it's a combination of some of the different types of protein. Okay. So check the ingredient list for sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about how great whey is, um, and you like really honed in on that like leucine content, right? So is there mm-hmm. another one that you would say would be like your, you know, your preferred second go-to or, or if you have different goals, would there be another protein powder that you might want to look for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. And, and, and uh, Caroline, you mentioned in terms of so there's whey and casein is the other component of dairy. Um, and of course, that is a dairy-based ingredient as well. Still great source of, of leucine and other amino acids. But one of the unique components of casein protein is that it's more slowly absorbed into the system versus mm. whey. So there's actually some really cool data that a casein protein uh, supplement or a, a great so food source of casein protein, like cottage cheese, might be a great pre-bedtime snack, actually, because when you're eating, excuse me, when you're sleeping, certainly you're not consuming anything. Um, and your protein synthesis, that phrase I used earlier, decreases because you're not consuming protein over you know six, seven, eight hours. Where casein protein is more slowly absorbed because of that, it may help elevate protein synthesis for a longer period of time. And there are some great data 
that that may be a, a fantastic way to help a person maintain their muscle mass um, and or gain if that's the goal. Of course, none of this is independent of, of resistance training, but that's a different topic of conversation. So it, all that to be said, I say casein is a great option as well um, because of how it's slowly absorbed. It doesn't have to be just consumed at night, but there are some interesting data that, that might make it kind of a unique use to that as well. Interesting. Oh, so cool. Never knew that. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Interesting. Um, yeah. So what, are there any other um, runners up in your animal-based protein powders or ones that you maybe don't think are great? Yeah, like maybe yeah. people should skip them. Yeah, so good, great question. And I would say that, you know, those two are kind of the, the, the leaders of the pack. Um, in, in my mind. Um, of course, there's, like I said, there's beef broth protein and chicken protein and so on that are just essentially dried forms of those. They're okay. They're, um, there's egg protein as well, which we know that eggs, the actual food are an amazing source of protein. So that's a great option. I've found it doesn't blend as well, um, especially if, you know, if you're not using a blender, maybe just a shaker bottle, it may not mix as well. Um, um, the other thing I would say from an animal-based animal -based standpoint is collagen. Super popular, super trendy right now. Um, but as a source of protein, it's not tremendous. It's really limiting, limited in, in, in amino acid. Um, so as a source of protein itself, it's not great. Um, it might have some other benefits. Um, but for the from the protein perspective, even though the, the number looks high on the label, um, it is not a great source of protein itself. And can you explain a little bit more about why it's not a great source of protein? Yeah, just because it, it's not real biologically available, um, which again, that's something that's used in terms of protein and in, in terms of measuring quality protein. Right. Um, so biological value is the, the phrase that's used. Collagen is very, very low in the biological value, that scale, um, because it is completely missing and I'm admittedly blanking on the particular amino acid, um, but so it's it's a very low used use of protein. It's not a great source of it um, in terms of the benefits you get from protein. Again, it might have other benefits, right? But for muscle uh, for muscle protein, it's not a great option. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I've looked into the benefits of collagen. Um, like there's benefits obviously for skin and hair, depending on the type of collagen, because there are I think. There are at least three types, I think, of collagen. Depending on the type yeah. of collagen, one is better than the other for joint health. Um, right. But I had heard that um, that it it really like if building muscle is important for you, collagen is not the one to rely on. Um, and then the other right. thing with and I'm actually I'm curious about this with protein powders. So the other thing about collagen is that you have to be really consistent in taking it because your body doesn't really like, I think I, I may be using the term wrong, but like doesn't really like store it. It just kind of like it, like you don't build up like a reserve of it that your body draws on. Right. So, um, uh, with, we mean with collagen specifically or with protein? Specifically no, sorry. With collagen specifically. Yeah. So it, admittedly, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Um, I know with protein, that's definitely true. You don't store protein um, like you do other nutrients. But with collagen, I'm not sure uh, about that specifically, if it's consistency in addition to the protein. Where I think protein powders come out on top, 
is from a convenience standpoint, mm -hmm. right? Like chicken is amazing and so is beef and so is fish, but I have to cook them. Um, so I can just throw some protein powder in a blender um, and or a, a shaker bottle and have a have a drink pretty quickly um, without a lot of extra effort, or dirtying a lot of dishes and that kind of standpoint. So from a convenience standpoint, protein powder is amazing. Um, again, from a overall nutrient intake, of course, you're you're limiting um, the other nutrients you'd be missing if you're solely looking at protein powder as your only option. But protein to protein is about equal. They're they're approximately equal. Again, going back to that 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 phrase I used earlier, biological value. Yeah. You know, some proteins are are better than others. Um, again, most of the animal proteins are fairly comparable in terms of biological value. Um, so as long as you're getting high quality protein consistently throughout the day, you're good to go. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, let's say we decided <laughs> we want to start using a protein powder regularly. How do you find, how do you identify a quote unquote good one? Are there certifications? Are there things you want to see on the label, not see on the label? Yeah. So for, for the average consumer, um, again, not an athlete, no one competing, no one getting tested for anything, then there's a variety of products <laughs> nice out there. Nice disclaimer there. there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said nice disclaimer there. I realize you're, you know, for athletes, that's it's important. It just made us laugh. Like you're not getting tested for anything. <laughs> if you're not getting tested for any drug test or anything like that, yeah. <laughs> which I know includes the three of us and probably most of your listeners as well. For sure. Um, if that said, you know, so if if you're the the average consumer, I mean, yes, you want to still make sure you're getting a high quality powder, and you can look for certifications. Um, basically, so there's a few different certifications and for athletes in particular, or, or again, collegiate athletes, pro athletes, people who might who get drug tested um, occasionally, you want to make sure that your protein powder is clean of any contaminants. Not to say if you're not in that category, you don't also want a quality product. Um, so, but it's just maybe isn't as important in the sense of if it's not going to show up on, a, on a, some kind of drug test you know, if you're just week at the gym or uh, you know showing playing tennis once in a while, um, there are certifications to look for if you're looking at you know making sure it is free of contaminants, making sure it also meets label claims. So that's important, um, and there's a few different ones. If you feel like finding high quality supplements and natural healthcare products is like looking for a needle in a haystack, we've got the solution for you. Introducing Fullscript, a leading online platform that allows healthcare professionals like us to offer you a vast selection of professional grade supplements from trusted brands. With Fullscript, you can easily browse and order all your supplements in one place. I first discovered Fullscript when a healthcare practitioner recommended dietary supplements for my daughter. I was amazed at the quality of brands that I had access to on Fullscript, and I loved that I could get supplements for the entire family all on one site. The 20% discount didn't hurt either. Every product on Fullscript meets the highest quality standards, all undergo rigorous testing and are sourced from trusted manufacturers, ensuring safety and efficacy. Click on the Fullscript link in our show notes to get access to the Happy Eating Dispensary. Using this link will give you full access to all supplements available and gets you 20% off on every order. You'll also find recommendations for digestion, immunity, back to school, anti-aging, and women's health as well as the supplements that Briarly and I order on a regular basis. 
So there's a few different certifications you can look for. Um, one of them is NSF, that's an acronym. And essentially, if that logo is on the label that you're looking at, that assures you that the product is clean, it, it meets label claims, it doesn't have any contaminants, and so on. Um, another one that's, that's common is informed choice um, or informed choice for sport. Both of those are great. Again, same thing. It means when you're looking at the label, if it tells you it has 27.35 grams of protein, it will have 27.35 grams of protein and whatever else in there. So it meets label claims. Um, so those are two that are very common or are more common in protein powders and other supplements as well. Um, so you do want to make sure um, that your protein powder does meet label claims and so on. Those are two to look for. NSF, informed choice or informed choice for sport. Um, there are other ones out there, but those are the two bigger ones that you might find um, in some of the more common brands. Because there's so many options out there, um, fortunately, I think protein powder is usually one that when they've done um, certifications and looked at labels in, a different, in different products, usually it does meet label claims versus some other supplements, which may be a little trickier um, in terms of making sure it's a quality product. Yeah. Well, and... So for listeners who don't know, um, supplements and protein powders fall um, under the, the category with the government of the, um, they're self-regulated by the manufacturers and producers. So that's why, it, you know, depending on what kind of product you're looking for, you want to be looking for a third-party certification like what Chris just mentioned, like the, the NSF and the other one that something yeah. for sports. And I think it's important to yeah. point out that the certification is certifying like there's no contaminants, that the ingredients that they say in there are in there. Um, not, it doesn't certify that if they say, you know, you'll reduce your percent body fat by X right. amount. It doesn't certify right. that those are correct. You know, I don't, right. I don't really see that. They work. Yeah. It just says that you're taking what you think you're taking. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Those kind of claims are more on supplements, I guess. I don't see those as much in protein powders. But Aside from the third-party, like, seals, certifications, logos, are there other ingredients um, that you think are either important to look for or important to avoid? That's a big question because there, there could be ingredients that you'd want to – Maybe not necessarily include, but usually in protein powders, they're pretty basic, just the protein powder. The you don't necessarily, if you're looking for a protein supplement, um, again, especially if you're looking to gain muscle, um, or maybe you have a teenage son who might be, or a daughter who might be interested in that. There are products called like mass gainer and other things like that. You don't need lots of extra sugar and other ingredients. Basically, protein powder. You want, if you're looking for a protein powder supplement, you want protein powder and a quality protein powder. You could add your other ingredients. You could add some fruit. You could add some dairy, whatever else you want to put in the smoothie itself. But you want to maybe avoid some of those other, again, just tons of sugar, which maybe isn't as common as it used to be, but that was a big thing um, not too long ago with the, the mass gainer type products. Yeah. I feel like most today that are sweetened, I see um, stevia or monk fruit. Um, how do you feel about um, ones that use stevia or monk fruit versus getting maybe an unflavored, unsweetened one and adding your own sweetener? 
Do you have a preference or does it matter? I don't. It depends what flavor you're looking for. I mean, unflavored protein powder doesn't taste like taste unflavored. So <laughs> you are mixing your own ingredients in there and you can flavor it up just as you want. Um, sometimes you might want a little chocolate or vanilla, which are the common ones. Um, and those, like you said, will probably have monk fruit and or stevia and or some of the already the other artificial sweeteners. Um, so from a, from a protein standpoint, it doesn't matter. Um, again, whether it's unflavored and it's just pure whey protein, there are products out there like that. Um, or if you want a little bit of flavoring, um, because at the end of the day, if you want a little flavoring because it allows you to drink it, that's more important than I think than just getting something just because it doesn't have any monk fruit, stevia or what have you. Yeah. And then just looking at it in your pantry for a year and not (laughs) using it. And exactly. Then wondering why it expired, you know, three years ago, like, oh, I guess I'll throw this away. Yeah. Um, so if we don't eat it, it's not very useful regardless. <laughs> good point. Very good point. Um, okay. So it sounds like we've covered um, simpler is better. Choose a flavor mm-hmm. if that's going to help you drink it or consume it. Um we talked about how it doesn't have to be every day or even every other day. And, you know, it's just a part of like making sure that you're getting protein consistently via food or via supplement into your diet. Um, talk to us a little bit about what your recommendation is like a bigger picture, like for grams of protein per day, um, that, you know, people, that people should aim for and keeping in mind, like our, Listeners are typically like millennial, Gen X, age range. So yeah. very much in the sphere of where we are, the three of us, that is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So generally what I say to people is you want, one, you want to eat protein consistently, as you just summarized. And, and what I mean by consistently is several times throughout the day. And that's because you don't store protein like you store carbohydrates or fat. And what that means is when I eat protein, my protein synthesis, I'll use that phrase again, increases. And then that starts to decrease after, depending on the type of protein, about kind of three to four hours. Well, we need that to stay fairly elevated throughout the day, which means we need another dose of protein. So that being said, get get it covered that we need it frequently throughout the day. Now, how much? Usually what I tell people is, an equivalent amount to about the size of your hand, if you're eating animal protein that works. So the thickness and size of the palm of your hand is going to give you anywhere from 20 to 30 grams of protein per eating occasion, mm-hmm. approximately, depending on the size of your hand. Um, but approximately for, for most people, that will, that will work. Um, now, most protein powder supplements usually provide 20 to 30-ish grams themselves. So then if you make it with dairy, that adds more. If you make it with some nuts in there or whatever it may be, you could add some other protein as well, um, other other protein sources as well. But in general, about 20 to 30 grams, three-ish times a day is a pretty decent amount for most people, maybe with some snacks in there. Um, So again, obviously, if someone weighs more and is exercising really intensely, they may have higher requirements. but most people are on the, we do meet our protein needs from an overall kind of research standpoint, what America eats mm-hmm. research, but 
from an optimal standpoint, we seem to be a little bit on the lower end of the general recommendation. What do you, what do you mean by that? Can you explain that a little bit more? Uh Sure. So from so the recommendation for protein intake is, is 10 to 35% of our total calories. That's a huge range. Yeah. Last day I saw most people are kind of in that 14 or so percent of their total calories coming from protein. So yes, we are meeting the recommendations, but a lot of data shows that if we can get up to maybe 20, 25% of our calories to come from protein, we will be better off in terms of maintaining muscle and or building muscle. Uh, and then the other benefits protein gives you as well. Yeah. I feel like one of the things Chris taught me a long time ago, it stuck with me, um, is that we, and actually I had breakfast with you recently when we were on this trip and here's Chris hunting around the table. He's like, there are no eggs. There's it's true. There's, there's no protein. There's no protein there's here. He's like, no I don't protein. know what I'm going to do. So one, and, and it just struck me because what Chris taught me um, was that we, as Americans, we don't do a great job of getting protein at breakfast. We do a fantastic job of getting protein at dinner, but you can't jam all of the protein that you need in a day into your mm -hmm. dinner or 75% of it at dinner and 25% of it at lunch and 0% of it at breakfast. Um, and so right. when, when he talks about how it's important to get it consistently throughout the day, I think that what a lot of, I hope what a lot of listeners are hearing is that, you know, if you think you're doing a good job at lunch and dinner, great, then you really probably need to focus on breakfast. And maybe that's where a protein powder comes into play, you know. Um, but anyway, that that's, I don't know, I feel like you and I talk about that together, Chris, you and I have talked about it. Um, and it's, you know, it really, it's something that I don't think, I don't think the average American hears often enough. Right, agreed, 100%. We do a great job at dinner, like you said, but in your words, you can't jam, you can't jam it all in at dinner and that's it. Um, but most people do just that. Uh, um, so that if you're going to use a protein powder, again, breakfast is a great time for it because that, that helps fill that void. And most people don't have a lot of time or don't want to take the time in the morning. Um, so that would be a good time. And keep in mind too, like just the other day, I was giving a talk and someone said, they asked a question about protein powders, but said, I hate smoothies. All right. You could add some to oatmeal. You could add a scoop to oatmeal, or you could add some to yogurt. If you need a little bit more protein, you could use it in other ways. It doesn't just have to be a smoothie. Right. Um, so there's other forms as well. But we do want to bring that protein up in the morning. Um, and then probably for most, to be honest, bring it down at dinner to make those numbers um, a little bit more equal throughout the day. Yeah. How do you hate smoothies? There's right? so many I've options. I've never heard that Endless. in my life. Endless options. Hated smoothies. Yeah. Well, and now they made smoothie bowls, which is really just a thicker smoothie that you eat with a spoon. So I'm like, and right. there's not that much difference in texture in a smoothie bowl than there is to some like ever so slightly melted ice cream. Exactly. So to me, and you know, saying I hate smoothies means she hasn't had a good smoothie. Yes. She hasn't like yes. maybe like sometimes people hear this and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna jam down some unflavored protein. I'm gonna make it with water and I heard spinach is good for me, and that's good. I'm going to throw that in there as well. They're like, wait a second, this is disgusting. So if that's the case, use a flavor protein powder, make it with milk. It might be a little bit more flavorful or almond milk or whatever other non-dairy milk if you prefer that. Um, and then throw some fruit in there, and you can have a pretty darn good smoothie. Yeah. Well, and so what I heard... <laughs> 
I'm not doing that. But I'm. But the point I want to get at is that it doesn't like going into the smoothie doesn't make it miraculously like absorbable by your body. Yeah, I'm just... correct. And, and to your point, and I have not done this in probably since college, but there have been times when I was like trying to get protein in and thinking I need to get it right now, and I, I would put the, like literally the powder in my mouth. Oh. Um, and then some water and shake it around. I wouldn't recommend that, um, but I'm not above it either because I've done it. <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us um, what protein powders do you and your family members take? Because I know that they take them, not just you. They do. I, they, we're, we're, big, we're big smoothie people around here. So um so the, the, the brand we usually go to um, is Now Foods, if you're familiar with them. Um, super mainstream brand. They've been around for a long time. Um, and I've been to their facility and seen their process and their testing and everything. Um, so that's usually the one we go to. They have, usually, they have all sorts of flavors, but usually chocolate or vanilla, depending on who in the family is using it. Um, but that's the one I go to the most. There is an unflavored uh, product that I do like as well called Gainful, um, mm-hmm. which actually is now available in Target. It used to be just online. Um, but one of the things that they do that's kind of unique is instead of selling flavored protein powder, they sell unflavored protein powder with little flavor sticks. So maybe today I want chocolate. Maybe tomorrow I want mm. cinnamon or whatever. Um, so you, then you can flavor it that way. So those are kind of the... The two I use the most and go to the most um, are are those brands. And, well, first of all, that's really creative of that one brand. I think that's fascinating. Um, Or genius, just genius. Are they whey protein powders or are they blends? They are both. They are all whey protein powders. Um, I've used blend protein powders. I'm certainly nothing against them. But um, if I'm, but most of the time we use whey protein. Again, because it blends so easily and then tastes smooth and and can taste really good. Nice. And the girls, your daughters use them too? They do. Sometimes. Again, just like sometimes it's just like an appealing thing. It's not like my kids wake up like, I need some protein. Right. Um, I wish they would, but do that. Um, (laughs) But like, for example, our, our older daughter had a tennis tournament all day yesterday. Super hot out. She got home and she's like, I really want a smoothie cold was refreshing it just was one of those like from an appealing standpoint yeah again going back to what i said earlier if it doesn't taste good then no one's going to drink it um but so just from a usability and a a, that perspective that was a great option for her but i probably drink them more than they do yeah yeah well that makes sense that's uh, you know i would say my kids would wake up in the morning and say i want protein if i'm cooking some bacon (laughs) totally i'm with you there but smoothies in our house are very popular for breakfast, especially on like um, school and camp mornings because mm-hmm. they are like not super, you know, ready to like sit down and eat like a full blown meal. Um, it's yep. a great way to keep them hydrated. It's a great way to add some protein in their diet. Um, so, yeah. yeah, very, very, very popular in our house. Yeah. And you can get, I mean, you can get like, you can get some fruit in there. You can get so many different nutrients in there. Yeah. Um, again, like, not like I want to wake up and have some vitamin C, but you can get throw a banana in there, throw some berries in there and frozen berries to make it a little colder. And you get so much in there and like so much nutrition and just a quick, easy drink. 
It's so true. Yeah. yeah. We um I even sneak our vitamin D supplement in there. Oh, that's smart. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean it's a I use the oil, not the not a pill. So Right. Yeah. Right. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not above smooth either. I've done that too. Wait, you're not above what? Chewing a smoothie, like make oh, it so thick that you kind of do it. That's so true. So I, I would chew a D supplement in there if it was in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just chop it up and sprinkle it on top. Perfect. Yeah. I feel so much more knowledgeable. So do I. I know. I Protein I, powders. Yeah. I didn't realize how, um, for lack of a better word, like clean protein powders were these days. Like that they just aren't chock full of a whole bunch of random ingredients that they've kind of streamlined, which is, is really encouraging. Yeah. I mean, they certainly can be, but most of them, a lot of the more popular brands are certainly, like you said, very kind of limited in the ingredient list. Protein is the, is the star of the show, fortunately. Yeah. So if our listeners want to keep up with you, where is the best place for them to find you? Uh, I'd say probably uh, online. So our website is more results, M O H R results.com. Um, or I guess on Instagram is the other place, which is also more results. So, uh, make it easy for you to remember there. Um, but that's kind of where the, the most, probably the, the way, best way to stay up to date with us are those two places. I like it. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Chris. You both. Good to finally be here after so many years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll take that dig. I deserved it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.